The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, happy birthday to Didn't realise it went on this long. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Talk the Tune, a football podcast. But more importantly, a very, very happy birthday to my good pal and co-host, Hodgy. Hodgy, 45 today, how does it feel? <laughs> my back feels that old. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm lying. He's still in his 20s. Just hanging on, um, but yeah, a very very happy birthday. How's your How's your day been? Working, and then now now this to lighten the mood of the day. Going to discuss all, yeah. all the trials and tribulations of Newcastle United Football Club. <laughs> Christ, what a day! So, in one word, your day has been shit. It's going to get better though. It's going to get better. Speaking to you guys, I should also probably say hello to Gray. Uh, hi, Gray. Hello. Happy birthday, Hodge. Cheers, man. Happy birthday, indeed. Well, yes. We're back, and although we sound happy and the spirits are lifted, they're going to come crashing down as we get on to our first topic, which of course has to be and has been for the last few weeks, Stevie Bruce, our magnificent manager. He promised us, after the embarrassing 1-0 loss to Sheffield United, that the gloves would be off. He was going to do things his way. We'll be playing four at the back. He wouldn't be giving in to players' tactical demands. You know, he gave it all up in the press and he said, you know, everything's going to be different. We then go on to lose 3-0 to Arsenal. Having said that, the Emirates is a place that we're not necessarily well known for winning. Um, I think our record there is absolutely dreadful and it's probably doesn't help him very much that the next opponent were Arsenal who are kind of finding a bit of form after a tough start to the season. But if we look at the play itself... It's very much business as usual. Brucey's business as usual. Hodgy, I know you are absolutely seething watching the football match. Let's bring the birthday spirits down. How are you feeling? <laughs> oh, just terrible. <laughs> I spent more time, I think, during that game, like probably everyone else, looking at my phone and the social media feed for Talk of the Tune. Because <laughs> yeah. it was way more interesting than actually what was going on in the field. Every time I just looked at it, it was Arsenal have the ball, moving it nicely, we look lacklustre and we're trying to just chase ball. That's all it seemed to be most of the game. I spoke to some Arsenal friends um, just before and they were saying, oh, Wait, you've got friends? <laughs> they were like, first, first 30 minutes, you just looked all right. And I went, we fucking didn't. Like, <laughs> it was bad from start to finish. 
I don't even know where these gloves have been thrown, but Bruce might want to put them back on because he was doing better with them. <laughs> well, I think we went from saying there were gloves to saying there were mittens to saying there were fingerless gloves <laughs> to then ending up on saying that they were the little bit of string that your mum sews to your gloves and the, put through the back of your coat so you don't lose them. That is Stevie Bruce, spot on. We just resorted back to the old ways, which are the, the awful ways. I would look at the match one second would be in possession under no real threat. I'd look away one split second and then I look back and then Arsenal are, are straight on the press and bearing down. I just uh, beggars belief. Gray? Yeah, I think it was just awful to watch really, wasn't it? I think Bruce kind of laid down the challenge, I think, to the players to up their game and they just certainly haven't done that. Tactically, I think all wrong, wrong players in the wrong positions again. Yeah. And yeah, it just wasn't exciting to watch. Just got to add that Arsenal weren't very good at all. This Agreed. was a very, very poor side we were playing and we made them look very, very good. Indeed. Very disheartening. Yeah, sorry, I think spot on. I think they had two standout players. Although Bamiyan got himself on the score sheet, I'm not sure he was actually that good. It was the Saka and Emil Smith-Rowe, so the young lads, that really dragged them through that match by the scruff of their necks. And they were very impressive. It's good on one hand, knowing that there's good talent coming through the England youth setup and they're English players and they're exciting, but not so much when they're absolutely smacking us. To come back to a point, you know, he was giving it all big bollocks to the press saying that the gloves would be off. When you tell the press, you tell the national press that you're going to take the gloves off and you're going to go after it and you're going to try and win. You have to demonstrate that on the pitch. And it just didn't look at any point as if we were in that game to win it. I would respect him a bit more if we went out and we lost 4-3. Or, you know, it was a high-scoring game and when you lose but you've played well and there's that sense of injustice that we should have won, you know, that was really, you know, disappointing. Like the 4-4s and the 4-3s of the past, you're like, it's really hard fought. But no, we, we pretty much just lay down. I mean, 45 minutes without conceding was quite good and then we let in three goals in the second half and we just lay down and went out with a complete whimper. Got to 49 minutes and the floodgates pretty much just opened, didn't they, Gray? Yeah, they did. I think just to touch on something you said there, gloves are off and I know I said to, to you guys that there is plenty of attacking options in that side you had obviously Almiron Joe Linton playing midfield then you had Matt Longstaff in there as well who's popped up with a goal or two previously in his very few starts and then you had two forwards in Wilson and Carroll on there and that's probably the strongest attacking lineup we could put out bar ASM especially when you got Shelby's trying to pull the strings. We should be creating chances. If we can't create chances with that team, there is something fundamentally wrong with the way we are playing football. It's very, very worrying. I think there is a stat that we, in our last seven games, we've only scored in one of them. How are we going to score goals? I think it was one game in, uh, one goal, sorry, in 13 hours. I think it was, sorry, by the end of 90 minutes. Yeah. Which is pretty bad. I've got another stat from the game, which I think you'd uh, you'd like to hear. Joe Linton had a pass completion rate of sixty percent. That was the lowest of all players on the pitch last night. So even Darlow made more passes. The total progressive distance towards the opposition goal of his passes was forty-four yards. Again, the lowest wow. of all ninety of all the ninety minutes. And then his progressive carries towards goal. His total distance was 21 yards. That was less than Darlow. Darlow had more dribbles <laughs> towards the opponent goal than our fucking left winger. That's crackers, man. Horrific. <laughs> 
doesn't it? Just Sign like, of the times. Everything was just so negative. Like, I wish I could have made some sort of like clip reel of the times where we could have passed the ball forward nice and sharp and crisp and made it a little bit of something when we actually just then turned around and played it back or played something that was not an aggressive pass or trying to move something quicker was all very slow and drab. I don't know I don't know if Bruce wanted to try and do something and make sure we actually made the passes, but the passes that we actually made were backwards, were flat, were mm-hmm. crap, were slow. Everything was just of of no threat in the whole game. It saps all the fucking soul and the life out of me and I hate coming on here and like I'm usually not one for crying over spilt milk, but when there are so many moving parts and so many factors to be annoyed about, that's when it really pisses me off. And it's the blame culture and putting it on other people and then the pundits when you add all of these factors in. It's just a complete shit show and it's embarrassing at the minute to support Newcastle United. We talk about Stevie Bruce not being a tactician and not having any tactics. The one clear tactic that I could see when you have a corner, make sure the ball gets back to Darlow. Deep free kick, a throw in in the opposition the third, make sure that ball gets back to Darlow. What's the... Don't get what's the aim? That's not a gloves off. And sorry, this this term's been talked to death by now already. You shouldn't have said that in the press because that'll be on his tombstone now. <laughs> but if the gloves are off, you have a corner. If the gloves are off, it's not going back to Darlow, is it? If the gloves are off, you're attacking that ball with everything you've got and you're hoping to score a goal. It's just absolutely shocking. And Gray, I think just to take us on to an, a separate point, one that we've actually talked about today, someone, I can't remember who it is, but has come out and attacked the quality of the players in the squad, which for me is an unforgivable excuse or reason for our failure. If you look at other squads within the league, and I think prime example is someone like Leeds and Aston Villas and these teams that, you know, not that long ago were playing championship football. Leeds pretty much still have a championship squad with a few additions like Rafinha and Rodrigo or whatever. But in essence, the core of their squad is still the championship team. But they're going on, they're playing exciting football, they're fighting to the death. You know, that's it's all obviously to do with Marcelo Bielsa and the way he plays. But you cannot excuse that. It cannot be an excuse to say that the player quality is not good enough. We have quality and we have expensive quality running through that team. Yeah, so that is uh, an article I kind of came across on BBC and it was uh, Karen Carney. Quote word for word here, you are only as good as your players. And I feel harsh with saying that about the Newcastle players, but Steve Bruce can only work with what he's got. These are players who, a lot of them, have a Premier League grounding. They've played in a Premier League for a very long time. If they're not good enough players, then how are they still playing at a Premier League club? And we recruited a lot of these players from clubs who have been relegated. And for me, I think that is one of the big issues. You're signing players from clubs who are going down to a championship and there's a reason they're going down. That's because they're not good enough. You've got 38 games in a season to prove your worth to stay in the Premier League. And if some of these players aren't putting in the effort to save their teams, then why are we picking up players on the cheap? You mentioned Leeds. Leeds are very much a team who are playing with their gloves off. They're playing the way their manager is asking them to play. They've all bought into it. It's far too late now for Bruce to say, oh, we're going to start playing my way. Because he's got no control over the players anymore. If the players are dictating how we've been playing previously, there is no leadership there. The players aren't going to listen to him. They're not going to look up to him. If you're a manager, if you're a manager of any sort, it doesn't matter if it's in football, if you're a manager at work, if you've got people working under you, you go in there and you dictate what happens, you dictate how you want it to happen. That's clearly not happening. So as soon as you start to try and do that, 
it's just not going to work. People aren't going to listen to you. It's like, oh, who's this guy now kind of sitting up and, uh, and listening? If someone did that where I work, I'd just lose all kind of confidence in them and just say, you're having a laugh really, aren't you? Yeah. Just a quick one, Gray. So are you saying that you do not believe we have the quality within our squad? Or are you trying to say that we haven't brought in or, or reinforced sufficiently? I think we, we've picked up the best of a bad bunch from these clubs which are going down. I still say we've got a team who should be sitting mid-table comfortably. But we're picking up, I think Jamel Lewis is probably a good example of it. We've picked up probably Norwich's best player from last year. And he's unfortunately not really fitted in. And he's not really shown that potential he, he showed at Norwich last year, a, a club he played at for, for several years. So whether it's going to take him a while to adapt... You can't expect a young lad who's got all this promise to come in and make a difference in his first season at a club. What about Callum Wilson, though? Callum Wilson's probably one of the one of the few who have actually done what's expected of him. He's scored, was it eight goals now? If you look at the way we play and you look at those seven, you think, how on earth has he managed to score eight goals? Honestly, we create no threat at all. So yeah, to score eight goals in a team which aren't threatening goals at all, I think is really impressive. So he's probably the one. And I also had high hopes of Fraser coming in as well. He's obviously full Scottish international, showing his class at Bournemouth, but he's just completely off the He's shown no class at Newcastle yet. I'm still reeling about that fucking red card. Sorry, Gray, I'm just going to say Hodge has been chomping at the bit, I think, to get in here. I think with Wilson's scoring these goals, and it it definitely highlights how lucky Bruce has been with picking points up. I think without him, if we had somebody trying to replace him up top, which was probably most likely be Joe Linton from the start of the season, no way would he have been picking these scrappy goals up and making something out of nothing. And I think it's a testament to him, uh, Wilson, on how he's come in at the club and he's actually come in and tried to, tried to make a bit of a difference and, and show what he is about. And mm-hmm. he, he has done it in my mind. Like I think every game that we watch him, he is one of the ones that only ever works, only ever tries something, is a bit more inventive and tries to make something yeah. out of nothing. And like I say, it has it has proved that Bruce has got so lucky out of it. I know there's been a couple of bits where like the VAR against Spurs managed to get him a goal and... And whatever, yeah. But it's it. I don't think she has a right of saying the players aren't good enough. Most of our players have been in the Premier League for for time now. They know the yeah. crack. They know the score. And for somebody who's done that for so long, the only detrimental thing that's happened is Bruce being the manager and bringing it down. I think is the main crux of the the point. Is what I can say. I don't know if you guys are seeing the same things or whatever. But for me, that's one of the main the main problems. Yeah, just on the Callum Wilson thing, I I feel quite bad for Callum Wilson. Oh yeah, can you imagine him in a top half team, in a team that actually plays to win games and and provides the striker at any other club? Can you imagine him somewhere like Everton? I was about to say Everton. He yeah. score, he scores so many. Even at Southampton, like because he, he could replace exactly, um, yeah. oh, what's his Danny, Danny Ings. Yeah, he could replace Ings easily. I feel bad for him and it, it makes me feel bad because you don't want to think of him leaving. And But if we're going to carry on the way we're going, we, this free fall continues. We're, he's going to be a one-season wonder for us, isn't he? He's not going to come down the fucking championship with us, Callum Wilson. he's t- Yeah, he's too good for the, the football we're playing at the minute. And that's a shame because I think f- for a long time we've been looking for a number nine. And I know he's number 13, but... <laughs> In terms of a number nine and, and that mould and that kind of player you want, he's it. 
he's the personification of a Newcastle United number nine. He's the closest to the down the bars, Loic Remy, when he had his good season for us. Yeah. As you say we've yeah. had for for a long, long time. And if we if we keep creating chances for him, or when we start creating chances for him, he is going to bury them. And he he is a twenty goal a season striker. If only we could produce <laughs> in the right honestly. team. <laughs> yeah. In the right team you could be a thirty yard goal striker. Yeah. I can't believe it. He's got eight goals in fifteen games in the league. That's more than a goal every other game, which is, it's crackers if you just think about the way we're playing at the minute. But then if you drill down on that a bit more, who's got the other goals? Can you think of another goal scorer or another player that's got more than two goals? I hate to say it, but well, Jeff Hendricks got two goals. I don't think there's anyone scored more than two goals. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And that's not good enough. And that's just not good enough. And we deserve everything we're getting, to be honest, at the minute. And I, I'll say it again, like I hate crying over spilt milk and it's just you don't see any point to it. But we can fully admit that we were getting everything we deserve in terms of the play on the pitch. The signs were there very early on. We've been saying it for months, man. The points on the board do not correlate to the performances on the pitch. They do not match up. And that's finally caught up with us. And it's biting Stevie Bruce in the arse. And that's all that mug fucking deserves and he needs to go and he needs to fucking go soon I doubt our look's going to change anytime soon like we've got Villa next then we've got Leeds then we've got Everton <laughs> that's we're not getting any points let's be honest there like we're absolutely done like we can't score goals Villa have been doing Leeds have been doing freely Everton have got quality to put goals in we're not good enough to last 90 minutes after 90 minutes after 90 minutes and, and make clean sheets. That's not happening. So the only thing that we're going to probably get is a point per game. I was going to say, is that not it in essence there, Hodge? Like, when the fuck have we ever sat and looked at fixtures and gone, Villa, Leeds, Everton? Nah, we're not getting anything out of those games. Uh, I can understand if you were like, Liverpool, Man City, Chelsea, Arsenal, oh, they're tough games. But we're now looking at fucking Aston Villa and Leeds and going, oh, we're absolutely fucked, aren't we? We're not going to get any points out of those games. Mm. We have to get, well, we should be looking at like Sheffield United going, ah, there's three easy points. But we've been proven that that's not the fucking case. So where are these points going to come? And how is he going to pull this fucking rabbit out of the hat? And how is he going to change things around? So right. I'm just getting more fucking angry the more I go on here. <laughs> Sorry, Gray. Gray, save me. I think it's probably time we wrap up this conversation soon. But before we do, I just want to say, like, you mentioned Liverpool there, a team which we should be looking at and expecting to lose. How has he managed to pull a performance like he did out against Liverpool when we actually looked threatening, especially in that first half before we lost, probably we probably got tired. But uh, we actually looked like threatening the goal. We had three or four clear-cut opportunities and, unfor- and we were unfortunate not to score a few of them. Just touching on the manager again and saying that he's not good enough. I've been reluctant to try and make this comparison, but this team we've got now is very similar to that team we had under Benitez. The core of the team is pretty much the same. And you look at a the lot way, of them are Benitez signings. Exactly. And I think it shows the quality of the manager in the fact that a lot of people were saying we had a championship team when we got when Benitez got us promoted from the championship. The team hasn't changed much at all. 90% of the players are probably those players who got us promoted out of the championship. So we are a championship team. Yet Benitez managed to get us safe in the Premier League two seasons in a row. It just shows the caliber of a manager if you can get a championship side safe in the Premier League respect to him and yes pundits can come out criticize a player pundits just love Bruce yes he's a nice bloke but come on I mean I don't get it I don't get it you've got to you've got to you've got to say what's in front of you what you're watching it's not it's not pretty he's been so so lucky so far this season and 
if someone in the club hierarchy doesn't recognize that and isn't advising your Ashleys, your Charlies to to make a decision, then we are in serious shit. And I can't wait for three, four years yeah. of Premiership football. And we'll, we'll crash like Sunderland have. I really, I really do think we will. Brucey's paying them all, I reckon. That's the only reason I can see. If, if these people know football and they're football experts and they've played football their entire career, how can they sit and watch a game of football and look at the way we're playing and go, uh, I think Brucey's unlucky or uh, I think it's the players or I don't know why people are looking at Rafa, drawing parallels between Rafa, like the football was the very much the same under Rafa. Yeah, but Rafa worked. I think his net spend by the time he left was minus 11 million quid or something. How much money has Bruce had to spend? This is what people aren't focusing on. So when you've got fucking Jamie Carragher or Gary Neville, whoever the fuck it was, spitting this absolute nonsense about the football's very similar, this is all the same as under Bruce's under Benitez. No, you don't know how it felt when Rafa Benitez came in because you're not fans. He invigorated the city. He worked from the ground up. He He was meticulous in every single aspect of the football club. He rebuilt us. He got the fans back in the stadium. We fell in love with football. We fell in love with him. He did the same thing at Liverpool. Mm-hmm. He's just, the man's got an aura. And Stevie Bruce 100% does not have an aura. But you look at that, that's a stark comparison, the net spend. How can you back Stevie Bruce and then not back Rafa? And this is what really frustrates me when these pundits are spurt an absolute shite on the television. They don't know how it feels. They don't know how it feels to be us. And they never will until they sit and watch a full season or become a Newcastle fan for the day. They just just don't know. Hodgy? I think Cara and Neville, before the game, when they were going through all the stats and stuff like that, they were kind of pro-Newcastle, but also delivering some really big backhanded kind of compliments, which were a bit sore to take. But I think Cara was quite spot on with quite a lot of the stuff. He brought up loads of numbers and stuff on the screen, and, and it showed that he's trying to play, yes, a similar way to Benitez, but the way that Benitez had everybody working was, like like we're saying, a lot more cohesive, whereas Bruce has completely lost the dressing room. Um, and he's picked up a lot of other things, saying like 47 out of 55 games under Bruce, we've had less possession than the opposition. Yeah. So Benitez had a similar type of thing, but he also still had that attacking prowess. And we had, obviously, different players. We've had Rondon, yeah. who was... A good addition in the season, but in total, probably not a good player. Perez was a decent little player, but he's not um, set the world alight when he's moved up to a bigger club like Leicester. So yes, we've had like the similar players, but at least we had more of a go at it, whereas Bruce just can't do it. And Bruce's, Bruce's thing where it's like, oh, we'll just dust ourselves and go again. And he says all the time, we've got to keep plugging away at it, and I'm sure it'll turn. The definition of madness, I'm going insane, is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. How the fuck can he go out there think yes it's fine still to play five men behind the ball it's okay we'll get a goal we fucking won't yeah. we're playing super defensive it's just the most yeah. ridiculous thing and I think they can't they can't compare Bruce to Rafa because like you said he changed not just the football club he changed the whole feeling of the city and the whole feeling yeah. of the fan base around the club and the players and if we lost a game that we weren't expecting, we weren't jumping on Rafa's back and being like, oh, he was absolutely shite. We were like, oh, we're seeing what he tried to do there. 
but we feel it's still going to work in another game somewhere else and we're going to get points and we're going to be safe. There was no bad feeling about getting anywhere near the relegation zone because we knew we were going to bounce back at one point because it was meticulous in what you did. There is that hope as well. Sorry, Greg, I was just going to say, you, you build up that loyalty and you build up that backing from the fans don't you mm-hmm. that's you do that through working hard and that's clear to see on a football pitch over 90 minutes it's so clear to see and I think Rafa had a really really good knack of getting the best out of the players he had available you talk about Rondon not necessarily being the best and Perez not doing much since then but he got the fucking best out of them they were firing on all cylinders and they looked good and they looked like the real deal and although we had a championship skeleton to the squad he found a way of getting the best out of those players. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of a good manager. Right. One final point on Benitez is he provided that hope, which we it's all we want as fans is hope that we are going to progress, hope that we are going to be better next season, hope that we are going to win these games, which we should be winning. And it's just that nice feeling at the minute, there is no hope at all in this football club. The only hope is that we don't get relegated to the championship. <laughs> all fans want is hope of something improving, hope of being better, hope of actually winning something. With Benitez, he gave us that hope of, you know what, we could win the Cup, we could win the League Cup, we could win the FA Cup. We're not going to win the Premier League under Benitez, but there, there is that hope we could do something special with Bruce there yeah. with that. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I do have hope at the minute and I, I hope that Stevie Bruce hands his fucking notes <laughs> in sooner rather than later. We could spend all fucking evening bashing what's happened and what's in the past, and you'd usually forgive that. And as I say, no point crying over spilt milk. You would look to the future, but look into the... I mean, the, the future's bleak, isn't it? Mm-hmm. There's not much to look forward to, so I suggest we fucking change the subject temporarily. I have a quiz, if we're happy to do mine first. Yeah, man, let's step it up. Yeah, go for it. Let's do it. Okay, well, mine's not... Well, it is a quiz. This is another round of Who Dares Wills. If you don't know the rules already, I will give the lads a topic and they will then have to tell me how many answers they can give me in the space of 30 seconds. So the topic could be Premier League football stadiums. And then Gray would say, I can do 10. Audrey would say, I could do 15. Gray would have to call him a liar and he'd have to prove himself. So who? I can't call him a liar on his birthday though, can I? That's just not very nice. <laughs> it's not cricket, though. <laughs> <laughs> No friends on the Talk of the Tomb podcast. Right, so today's subject, obviously, is the man of the hour. It's uh, Hodgie's birthday. For those of you that don't know, a bit of an inside secret, but Hodgie's first name is David. <laughs> is so, yeah, well, again, tra- <laughs> trade secret. But for Who Dares Wills this week, I want you to name in 30 seconds as many footballers called David as you can. <laughs> and as it's your birthday, Hodgie... I think you get first bite of the cherry. Are you taking names such as Dave counts as David, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Right, okay. Or like foreign interpretations of the name David as well. Okay. Um, in 30 seconds. I. <laughs> eight. <laughs> okay, eight players called David. Gray, any advances on eight? You've got to. It's Hodgie's birthday wish. <laughs> Is it his birthday wish? That's a tough one, actually, it's going to be hard like once you like rattle off a couple you're going to be stuttering a bit Aye, as well. that game's a good though. game because every second that goes by is another second of thinking of a new player so come on Gray <laughs> what did I say eight yeah okay I'll go ten woo okay ten Hodgie any advances on ten eleven oh fucking hell Gray <laughs> go on go twelve twelve hey Gray's good twelve <laughs> Right, great. Hodgie, would you mind doing the timer? I've got a list of Davids on my timer. Yeah. I'll, get, I'll get 30 seconds. Up. Let's give him a countdown. So, Gray, you've been challenged to name 12 footballers. 
named David in 30 seconds. Are you ready, Hodge? <laughs> Three, 30 seconds two, isn't long, is it? One, go. David Luiz, David De Gea, um, <laughs> David, David Ginola, yeah. David Beckham. Yeah. Um, don't think it was it David Bentley. I don't think it was right. Yeah. Uh, I said David Silver. I'll, I'll I'll give you David Bentley. Uh, yeah, David Silver. <laughs> You're halfway there. Um, David Fear. Yep. Seven out of twelve. Come on, Greg. Um, Stop, David. David Platt. Oh, oh, that's a shit. I'll give you David Platt because that's quite a rogue one. That's eight out of 12. That's a noble effort, that, Gray. I reckon eight out of 12. Hodgie, were there any that you think Gray has missed? David Santon, David James. Oh, yeah. David Santon, yeah. Um, you said Beckham, didn't you? you say Beckham? I said yeah. Beckham. David Batty. Ah, yes, um, <laughs> Gray, did you just go? Egg, yes, would you, would, Batty. You, <laughs> <laughs> would you would you take Edgar Davids? Nope. I'll go through the list I've got. So I've got sixteen on my list just from a quick search. So David Seaman, David Trezeguet, David James, oh, yeah. David McGoldrick at Sheffield United, David Ginola, England legend David Nugent, oh, yeah. uh, David Platt, David Ospina, the goalkeeper. David Bentley, David Beckham, David Silva, David De Gea, David Alaba, of course, at Bayern Munich. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Retired now, obviously, but I've, well, a lot of the players are retired, but I've got David Moyes as well, West Ham manager currently, David Villa, and then David Luiz. I think you've done all right there, Gray. Yeah, it's good. Isn't it? I'm, I'm happy with eight. However, effort means nothing when you lose the points. So it's another, yet another point to Hodgie on his birthday. That's part of your, part of your birthday present this time round. Oh, cheers. But well done, Gray. Yeah, it was good to fit on. Thank you. David, can I stay in bed all day? Mm, yes, you can, David. <laughs> Both me. I'm not. That's not me in bed with another bloke called David. Right. On to the next one, then. Next opponents. I think we already know how this match is going to go. But next opponents on Saturday, the 23rd of January, we will face Aston Villa. This is obviously a rearranged fixture when the whole squad came down with COVID-19. What are our thoughts ahead of the Villa game? I'm going to come to you first, Hodgie, but I think it will be good to know what you think needs changing. And I will not accept everything. <laughs> like I said the last time, right, the system just needs a bit of a shake-up. We need to play players who are not kind of on the trend of what they have been doing. So, for example, say Matty Longstaff has been slow, hasn't really been seen like he's been How seen is he so in the game. I don't understand yeah. how he's so fucking slow. <laughs> You've got Sean Longstaff. <laughs> Sean Longstaff still needs to be dropped. I think you don't play Joe Linton out wide. I don't think you start Carroll. I think Carroll's more of an impact player when you need something to happen late on. I think Miggy did good on the right-hand side, and I'd like to see him stick with it. Came in a couple of times and drove towards the defenders, which was good. Aye. Back him up with Yedlin a bit, because you know he's going to make mistakes defensively, and Yedlin with a bit of speed can cover I think four at the back still works, but Lascelles has been nothing but poor. Um, so there's quite a lot, quite a lot of change. I know you don't want me to say that, but, yeah. but there is. Yeah, well, to be honest, in essence, everything needs to change, isn't it? We're still he needs to change things around again. But I think his team selection against Arsenal was poor. When you have people like Hayden on the bench, why is Hayden not starting? 
don't understand yeah. that. You should be one of the first fucking names on the sheet for his breakup play and his ability to get in there and disrupt play. As you say, and Mick- he used to play at Arsenal, and he knows the kids that are coming through. He should know the kids of the kids that are coming true. through now. You know what I mean? Yeah, true. It's a good point as well. So even more kind of criminal that he wasn't playing. As you say, Matty Longstaff far too fucking slow. Miggy, good point. He was a bit of a shining light. He looked quite good for large stages of the game and looked to make something happen. And that was out on the right. Do we know if Alain Saint-Maximin is going to be back for Villa? Because if he is, he needs to go straight back into that fucking lineup. He's back in training, isn't he? But I don't know if he's going to be ready. How badly has he had fucking COVID? <laughs> this is ridiculous now, man. What what is what is actually being said though? It's because all of we all we see is Newcastle United put a little photo up of him in his training, in training year, yeah, with a little crown king emoji, whatever. Well, well, like it would be good for us because we we don't know. Nobody knows how far he's off coming back. Because if we need hope in the football club, fucking tell us, and <laughs> we might might not bite Bruce's yeah. head off as much if we fucking knew something. You know what I mean? Yeah, but, I think we gave we gave Jamal Lewis another chance. Against Arsenal, again, it's against Arsenal. A lot of the danger was coming down that right-hand side, but not good enough again. So I think for me, I said this last time, but I think Richie needs to come in just for his effort and just for the kind of press and getting their faces and, and be annoying. I think Fabian Scher may have had a niggle, which is why he missed out against Arsenal, but please correct me if I'm wrong. But if he's back, he's been in relatively good form. I know the results haven't been going our way, but he's been in good form. So I'd like to see him back in the mix. Fetty obviously missed out against Arsenal as well. That must have been through injury or through a niggle because he wasn't even on the bench. So I'd like to see him back in the mix. Clark, although he does quite well, he's just kind of a nowhere man against Arsenal. Yedlin definitely needs to come back in. Kraft was incredibly poor. But that's what happens when you pick a player up, when you pluck him out of nowhere and put him into a team with low morale and a team that's not been playing well, it's not gelling, that will happen. If you just pick a player up and drop him in, he, upon himself, as a right-back, is not going to pick the whole team up and take us on to win. You know what I mean? Can't just drop him into that fucking shit show and expect it to be anything more than fucking shite. Hodgie? I think that the biggest thing that we've got in this next game is going to be how much Villa are going to be up for this. They played Liverpool, lost, they played Manu before that, lost, and they played Chelsea before that, and Drew. So they've played four really tough games in a row there. But before that, the teams that are around us that they've played, they beat Palace 3-0, they beat West Brom 3-0, they drew with Burnley, but they beat Wolves. Mm. They're going to want to really, really bounce back against us and and take us to the cleanest as just a big morale boost for them after after taking on the four big teams. Definitely. So that's going to be the biggest the biggest danger for us. And I know what Bruce is going to do. He's just going to say, let's absorb this pressure mm-hmm. and sit back and not give them what they want. We'll just give them a draw, nil-nil, or we'll try and break something at 1-0. Are Villa not in a situation where if they win all their games in hand, they could go up to second in the table? Yeah, they've got loads of games in hand. They've Um, got about three, four games. It's ridiculous. Nine points would put them, yeah. It would put them in second, depending on goal difference, could go first. For a team who just avoided relegation last season, thanks to Jack Gurevich, it's incredible, isn't it? Well, also thanks to a a dubious VAR decision at Sheffield United. And that. (laughs) Yeah, it's a good point, Gray. And they're they're doing well to beat teams that are around them and teams in the bottom half of the table. So they smack Crystal Palace 3-0, they smack West Brom 3-0, draw one, they, they beat Wolves, they drew against Burnley. They're picking up points where they should, and then they'll pop it with the odd 3-0 against Arsenal and 7-2 against Liverpool. They seem to be getting a job done when it's kind of required of them. And who knows, this will be 
as you say, that this is a typical kind of bounce back game for them. So I can imagine them having us all ends up. Great. Did you have a point? We need to be playing our best players in the best positions. And Bruce just refuses to do that. And a lot of the, uh, so just funny enough, just linking it back to what we were talking about earlier, a lot of those players, which you guys mentioned, were the starting 11 under Benitez. <laughs> just to tie it back into what we were talking about earlier. So I don't think there's any coincidence there that Bruce's players are shy. Yeah, on a different topic, I'm just on my phone at the minute, just scrolling through Twitter, which is what I seem to be doing with most of my days these days. But rumours in Turkey that Emil Kraft is set for a move to... Yeah, not going to try that one. Uh, <laughs> Basaksa here? Basaksa here? Is that what it's called? Basaksahir, isn't it? Something They played oh, Man United, nice. I think, um, not that long ago. Listen to that, Hodgie, our Turkish correspondent. But yeah, so rumours there. I've also seen a rumour today that uh, Javi Mankio could be on his way to Villarreal. So I'm wondering now if there's going to be a, a big churn of players which will then allow us room to bring in a new right back. But it's not an area we should be concentrating on, to be honest. We've looked at these different areas, and I think the two key areas for us at the minute is bringing in competition for Jamal Lewis. So we need a, a proven left-back, and we also need an engine in the middle of the park, someone who's going to go forward and drop back and defend. We need a proper box-to-box midfielder, someone like, I've said it before, Mohamed Diame, who's probably one of the most underrated players of recent times, who again, I think, was a Benitez signing. And again, a player that Benitez got the best out of. My guy could run for days, man. He, he could, couldn't he? And it's, that's what I mean. Like him up, up alongside fucking John Joe Shelby, the two of them absolutely dominated. And his, his work rate and everything went up very much under the radar, I feel. So I'd love to see another player like him come in, but I can't think of anyone who would fit our criteria, maybe be in our price range. There's lots of this talk of this Hamza Chowdhury, but don't know much about him. You just want an absolute engine to come in and dominate that midfield and give it legs. There's also the question of who's going to join our football club under Steve Bruce. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Well, Alan Sam Maximan yeah, did. Yeah. I still don't know how the fuck we managed that one, but yeah, Sam Maximan did. Wilson did. I think the trick is just getting Alan Shearer on the phone and saying, well, you'll be a legend. You'll be a legend. It'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> Let's quickly round off the Villa stuff. In terms of players, I think we know who their danger men are. It's going to be your Jack Grealish's. Uh, they've got a pretty good defensive unit. They don't leak many goals. They are set up in the right places and they score goals when they need to. And they score them quite frequently, which is a worry. Goalkeeper's having a blinder this season so far. Yeah, Emi Martinez, who they got from Arsenal, yeah. also playing incredibly well. In terms of the result itself, sorry, Gray, but it's got to go at the birthday boy first. Uh, Hodgy, what do you think the score will be on Saturday? Like I said before, Villa are going to go hammer and tong. They're going to try and get some more good feeling back in the club after playing the four big lads. So I wouldn't be surprised to see at least three getting put past us. I'm going to probably say 3-0 to Villa. Oof, that'll be a tough one to swallow. But hopefully another nail in Stevie Brewster's coffin. Ray, <laughs> you're often a shining beacon of optimism. How do you think it's going to go on Saturday? Not very well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I was thinking 3-0 as well, but you know what? Fuck it, we're going to score a goal. So I'm going to say 3-1 to Villa. Oh, I thought you were going to say 1-0 to Newcastle. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what have you been smoking? What am I going to say? Thanks for asking, guys. I think the score will be, just because I don't really care anymore, I think it will be 2-0 to Newcastle United. Get in! 
This is it. This is where we turn things around this season, boys. This is where we turn it around. We're going for the fucking Champions League, and you fucking know it. <laughs> I think this is probably the episode with most swear words in to date. This, we're definitely <laughs> setting a record for swearing in this one. It's probably all just coming from me, though. It's probably unfair to say it's coming from you two as well. Right, well, again, another match I'm not looking forward to, but unfortunately I will probably have to sit in front of television and prize my eyes open to watch. <laughs> Hodge, again, let's... Try and pick us up from the pit of depression that we find ourselves in. Have you got a quiz for us? I do, yeah. I've got one related to badges, or I've got uh, three truths and one lie. What would you like? Like like scouting badges, like tying knots and shit. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to DM you as loads of knots, and you're going to have to tell (laughs) me what they're called. Flag (laughs) signals and shit. (laughs) No, like club crests. Well, I love club crests. I've set myself up for a fall here, but uh, club crests would be my vote. Great. Yeah. Club crests. Club Let's crests, do it. Right. I'll leave the truths and dare for the uh, for another truth and dare truth and lie. Sorry for another another day. Right. So five badges or crests for the football teams that have been audio described. Lads, you put your hand up in the little Zencaster thing that we've got going. If you put your hand up first, I'll stop. Go to you. <laughs> you can tell me who it is. If you're right, kudos. If you're not, you're gonna get heckled to shit. And that's continue. <laughs> All right, does that sound good? Yeah, no pressure. No, no pressure. There's some, there's some really easy ones, and then there's some harder ones. All right. Well, okay. there's definitely one harder one. Because I didn't even know one of the colours was in the badge. But okay, first one. Are you ready? Yeah. Old football with a bird on top. Grey. Tottenham Hotspur. Tottenham Hotspur. Ah, oh, you f- football with a bird on top. Fucking <laughs> bastard. <laughs> I just. I completely panicked there. I was like a fucking deer in the headlights. <laughs> well done, man. That was class. I think it's funny getting getting Siri to do it. Uh, smart, uh, Siri. Well done. Gray gets a point for getting there first with uh, Spurs in the last All one. All right, okay. This is badge number two. Red outlined on the badge. Split half yellow and half black. Red deer head in the middle. Will. Oh, is that Watford? It is Watford, yes. Yes! Yes, I can picture it. I can think of it. Normality has been restored. (laughs) You smacked your laptop. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not fucking around. This is going better than I thought it was. So, 1 1, badge number three. Black circle on the outside. Red center. White sword. Great. It's Sheffield United. Nope. Nope. Sheffield United have more. Than just that. Don't they have like two scimitars? Yeah, they have, yeah, they have like two. They have two swords. I call it swords, but they've got a football in the middle of it as well, which right. isn't described. Okay, so grey so again. Grey's locked out. Ready? Black circle on the outside. Red center. White sword. White sword. Five. Black. Four, no. Three, Black circle two. on the outside. Red One. inside. White sword. Can we have a clue? No, you can't have a clue. It's pretty easy to be fair. Oh well, wait. Let me get it. <laughs> red inside and a white oh yes I've got it I've got it I've got it I've got it, I've got it. Charlton Charlton Athletic yes yes I don't know whether they give you a point for that or not like because that oh, was really drawn out I get half, half oh that's a, a fucking load of <laughs> bullshit fucking quiz Sheffield's not a bad shout though is it it's not a bad shout though it's like quite close to be fair that's what put me off. But I think Sheffield's got a black inside and red on the outside, I think. We were on black and red, you know, same, same. I'm quite pleased I yeah, got that in the end, to be honest. 
Thanks, Will. Yeah, I, I, got, I got it the same time as you. Yeah, yeah, but I get the points. Uh, okay, thanks, Hodge. <laughs> Still points. <laughs> so the score is one and a half to one. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, are you ready? This is uh, badge number four. A football in a globe wrapped helically by a blue ribbon. Will. Everton. Oh, was it? I was in there yeah, way earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Everton, isn't it? Nope. Oh, uh, Graham. Birmingham City. Two to one and a half. <laughs> this last one's a doozy as well, so oh, good luck. Fuck. Fuck. No, not even more fucking wound up that a fucking only got half. Can't give me a half a point for Charlton. I need a fucking full point for that one. <laughs> bullshit. Bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. Someone's a sore loser, aren't they? Not lost yet. Right, so the scores are two to great, one and a half. Oh, to Will. He's taking the <laughs> No, I'm gonna do I'm gonna do two two. Two yes. two. This one the oh, winner, no, winner, winner takes all here. Winner Shut takes up, all. Gray. It's not your game. And this is what being a sole loser gets you. It wouldn't make a difference anyway, because even if he wins this one, he wins two and a half. So it's winner, winner takes all on this one. It's made all it right. interesting, though. <laughs> this one's a hard one. Number number five. Thin outer red circle. White circle inside that. Inside of that, it's quarters of blue and white stripes and solid red ones. Red has a lion and a crown. At the centre is a football. Established 1871. Will Blake. Oh, no. Does this lock oh. out if I get it wrong? Oh, it's got that straight away. Uh, yeah, it does lock out, yeah. Uh, Millwall. No. Grey, you can hear it again and a chance yeah. to take it. Fuck! <laughs> oh, she's having a stroke. Wait a minute. <laughs> Start again. She's pissed. Ready? Thin outer red circle. White circle inside that. Inside of that, it's quarters of blue and white stripes and solid red ones. Red has a lion and a crown. At the centre is a football. Established 1871. He's Googling. I'm not. I'm, I'm typing I'm, away. I, I was drawing it out on a piece of paper. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's a good, good way to do it. Uh, so red... Quarters. In red on the outside. Oh, how I got a countdown, man. Yeah, after about another twenty minutes. Yeah. <laughs> you like? I didn't realise there was red on the outside, but there is. Oh. Don't give clues, man. Oh, uh, Reading. Yes, it is Reading. <laughs> Get in, Grey. Grey takes it three two. How do you feel, Will? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know where I pulled that one from. Nice, well done, man. Well, I know where you pulled it out from. The Google fucking searches came in on time. <laughs> that was a good one, though, wasn't it? I like doing that. Uh, yeah, yeah, that, that was fun. That a lot. We'll do that again for sure. I still had no idea who it was, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> They've got red ones. No, red, the quarters. The red, yeah, quarters oh! Red quarters were red. Ah, see, so this is where I went wrong a little bit. I thought there were big red ones on the oh. badge. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, yeah, that's that so could have been it. Well, yeah, because no, it was the lion. It's the lion why I went Millwall. To be fair, I just panicked and just put a guess in. Well done, I guess, Gray. Uh, you can have that one. Got to give you a chance somewhere. Nice, Hodge. I really enjoyed that. What we're we going to call that? Hodgie's Crest Corner. Series <laughs> <Chiri's> Crest Corner. Series <laughs> Crest Corner, where the badges are always class. Um, <laughs> Aye, nice one. The badges are always. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> no, I'll get a speech out of her next time. It'll be good. She's I, shy at the minute. First, I, first time on, you know. It's got to be a new segment, that one. Enjoyed that. Probably a good point to end it for this episode. The football's shit. Uh, the results are shit. The manager's shit. The owners are shit. Everything's shit. When a lockdown, that's shit. But at least <laughs> our quizzes are not shit. But anyway, yes, I think we've gone on quite enough now. Um, I guess good luck to the lads on Saturday. They're going to need it. No luck to the manager. Get out of our club. And as usual, you can find us on Twitter at TOTT Podcast, or you can find us on Facebook by searching for Talk of the Tune Podcast. You can listen to our podcast on Acast, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. If you would be so kind, seeing as it's Hodgie's birthday, we'd love it if you could follow our podcast and also give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. That helps massively. Um, that's the plugs done. And unless there's anything else from Yao's Tao, I think that'll be it for this episode. Well, we will see you in the next podcast. Thanks again, lads. And we will see you later. Bye. Bye. Happy birthday, Hodgie. Bye. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.